How you doing, everybody? It's a magical weekend, as any other weekend is. And you're turning into the Fuzz Factory, and I'm very, very excited that you're turning into the Fuzz Factory. This is a podcast that I do with my beautiful host, Savannah. Uh, we upload every Saturday at noon, and this is that time. Today we talk all about one of my favorite bands, Pink Floyd. So check it out, like, rate us, subscribe, and enjoy. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Sav? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Spenny? I'm doing great. It's Happy Saturday, folks. We are going to be having a great podcast today. But first, a couple or one brief message. Ooh, a brief message from our sponsors, perhaps? Yes. Today's oh. episode of The Fuzz Factory is brought to you by Goldie's Fries. It is a delicious uh, succulent food truck in the Winnipeg yeah. area. So now, if you you're not down bit? with the food truck culture in this city, uh, you know it can get pretty wild. There's a lot of fusions, a lot of different cultures, you know, combining into these weird dishes. But Goldie's, Goldie's keeps it classic. You can get your cheeseburgers, your poutine, smoky dogs, hot dogs, homemade fries, combos. Um, but you know what? You never know where you're going to find them. But this week, you can definitely find them parked at King in Bannatyne. In the Exchange District, right next to Old Market Square. I saw him just yesterday. He'll honk his horn. It plays a little tune. And the food is perfectly mm-hmm. greasy and delicious. And I mean that as a compliment to, to Gold. Is his name Goldie? I know, I've talked to him a couple times, but uh, I guess I'm more worried about the hot his dog and not his golden. name. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, check it out. Thank you very much for the sponsorship. And now, on to today's episode. <gasps> what are we talking about today, Spenny? We're talking about one of my favorite bands, and we're going to be highlighting one of my favorite albums. I actually mm. have this album art hanging on a wall in my apartment. I look at it every day, I cry, and I smile. <laughs> well, don't leave me hanging. What band is it? We're talking about Pink Floyd today. Um, and if you haven't heard of them, well, do your homework. But uh, Pink Floyd is an amazing, an amazing psych rock group from the 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. um, I guess late 80s, 90s. They're still kind of touring. Like some of the guys are still alive. Um, well, but their highlighted areas are the 60s and 70s. That was their prime. Uh, and one of their best and most, one of the most, uh, sorry, one of the world's most renowned um, rock and psychedelic albums is Dark Side of the Moon. Um, yeah. One of the highest selling vinyls of all time. Uh, and it's. Um, Amazing, an amazing production, and it was meant to be uh, kind of a statement about what kind of what was going on in the world at the time. Pink Floyd um, was very politically involved, um, and by that I mean they were um, very known to be speaking out against issues that they didn't believe in. And uh, this was a concept album, so it was uh, definitely an album that you got. I never knew that. Yeah, so it's definitely one that they intended you to sit and listen with headphones. Um, from the first song get intoxicated and listen to this thing front to back because uh, that's kind of what it's meant for so if you're going to listen to this I know we can't play the whole album unfortunately people but uh, after this podcast take a chance and listen to the whole album because it's incredible yeah and I mean definitely and I know you're thinking well why don't I just go to YouTube and listen to the whole album right now I don't need the fuzz factory you've (laughs) given me all the info I need but no 
you would be very, very wrong. Spenny right here. You're mistaken. Yeah, Spenny right here is a Pink Floyd fanatic. I am. I've been playing guitar for 12 years, I think. And uh, I think as every guitarist does, you naturally uh, migrate towards certain bands and stuff. Mm. And Pink Floyd was um, very magnetic for me guitar-wise when I was very young. Uh, David Gilmour, uh, the guitarist from Pink Floyd, is easily one of my favorite uh, guitarists of all time. Uh, again, I have multiple Pink Floyd posters hanging on my walls uh, in my apartment. That's no joke. Um, Your credentials check out. Yeah, they, well, Big they're fan. just they're fascinating, and it's like Zeppelin and Pink Floyd are my two big like bands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, oh, I'm not going to force you. But like those are like the two big ones that I got into when I really got into um, being a musician and playing guitar. Um, and as my taste in music has obviously changed away from just classic rock and like Pink Floyd, they're still my staples. And like every day when I warm up playing guitar, I play a Pink Floyd song just because that's every just what day. happens. Yeah. And so when you mentioned uh, doing this episode, maybe uh, I was like, yes, I'm taking the reins. We're doing it. Yeah. This sounds great. Uh, Spenny will be our guide onto the dark side I will side be of your spirit animal leading you to the dark side yeah. of the moon. That's and I mean, like I've it. listened to this album as well. And I also have a poster hanging up in my room. But I feel like knowledge wise, you got it all. I've just listened to the music. I didn't really know that it was a concept album. And I mean, obviously, you can tell that they explore certain themes like, you know, the passage of time mm-hmm. with you know, their song Time, which is my favorite song on that album, and or, we will uh, listen to it Another song that we're going to play today is, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, well, another song we're going to play today is Breathe. So when we play that, just really listen to the lyrics. Um, you'll kind of get a sense of what uh, David Gilmore and, <clears throat> sorry, and uh, Roger Waters, it was the bassist and also one of the, le- basically the lead vocalist. Um, he did a lot of the songwriting, or at least the lyric writing. Um Listen to some of the lyrics on these tracks and you'll really get a sense. These guys were far out there, but in like in not an unintelligent way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they, uh, they were really trying to push people's boundaries and really trying to make uh, people explore with the type of music that they were creating. And I think that's why they've been such a, a, st- a, a favorite of mine. And even um, Time has that um, bit where it goes back into the melody from Breathe. Mm-hmm. So... Now it's totally clicking in my head that it is a concept album with like certain melodies woven throughout yep. and like just, and that's why none of the, none of the songs really end quite well. well. They just kind of fade out and fade in. Like it's really yeah. uh, because because it's meant to listen to. It, it was designed um, not for modern types of music listening, right? So mm-hmm. now most people listen to music via MP3 or basically streaming. Like that's yeah. ba- uh, MP3 is the majority of how people listen to music now. Um, Vinyl is coming back. CD sales are plummeting. Um, <laughs> I still buy CDs. Yeah, like I still buy CDs. Um, but I mean, obviously, like I bought a $3,000 computer. Thanks, Apple. And it doesn't <laughs> even have a CD drive. Like, no. what the hell am I going to do with that? Uh, what am I? How am I going to listen to Dolly Parton? Uh, <laughs> greatest hits. Uh, I don't know. It's just that that frustrated me when that mm-hmm. happened. Uh, but this album... Uh, I was about to say comfortably numb, I'm sorry. This album, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, uh, it was meant to be listened to on vinyl, right? Because that's how people back then listened to music. So they designed the whole album as if you were a little kid, or maybe not a little kid, but a kid with headphones. Where it just keeps a spinning. Just sitting, yeah, exactly. Like no pauses between songs. The only pause is how fast can you flip to the B side of the record. Yeah. Like So it's uh, something... 
that is a, um, a lot of people don't pick up on is like the way that people listen to music was different in the 70s, 60s. And that's why people are like, oh, the music back then was better. It was different. Well, yeah, because like we were literally experiencing it. We were consuming it in a different way. You're, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, so it's hard to compare modern rock versus classic rock because it's not the same thing, right? We're mm -hmm. listening to it differently. We're listening it literally at a different frequency. So, Whoa. yeah. So I guess a little history too. Um, Should uh, we play a song before we get too far into Well, it? the first song I'm going to play is, are you cool with going right into time? Yes. Pink Floyd? Cause yeah, I feel let's, like let's it's start time with my for favorite. time. Yeah. Time uh, and then time. after that, I guess I can talk after this song, I'll talk a little bit more about like Pink Floyd's recording process, I guess. And kind of like, um, why they specifically chose to record things like reel to reel, like um, all analog stuff. All good details coming after the song. Can't wait. Thanks for letting me take the reins on this one, too, because not many people. Like, I've already learned so much. I'm pleased. Not many people are like, hey, like ramble about Pink Floyd for an hour. Yeah. So you're that's not even you're rambling. Start. You're just you're just instilling knowledge into me and everybody else listening to the Fuzz Factory. Well, let's instill a bit more knowledge. Yeah. And this is a great song. Beautiful song. Um, it's about seven minutes, so go pour it's a drink, uh, yeah. grab coffee, do whatever you got to do, but listen to it. Sit down, get comfortable. This is Time by Pink Floyd.
gonna die that's what i got from that song and that's why i love it it's an amazing song it really and is. i love how casual you said that <laughs> yeah it's uh we were talking before uh kind of about 
like Pink Floyd's recording process. And I think after jamming up to that, you can kind of see like mm-hmm. they knew what they were doing with the boards and with and putting what sounds they wanted where they wanted them. Exactly. All uh, these little details that you can hear when you're actually listening attentively to it. But it's also really great if it's just kind of in the background. And it is. Out and that's it. something I was going to say, like Pink Floyd did it perfectly. Like they uh, this is an album that you can be by yourself and have a, an amazing night by yourself mm-hmm. listening to. Um, a vinyl or whatever however you're listening to it but listen it with headphones and like you can have an amazing night by yourself but there's so many nights where i've been partying with friends or just Mm -hmm. driving around and this is just like you said in the background and it it works just flawlessly for both it's soundtrack music and it's always like really introspective kind of like not really joyful but you know content yeah like and it's i don't know the last couple years i've gotten older i've been partying a lot like and i've been playing a lot of music too so you meet a lot of interesting people when you Mm -hmm. when you play music festivals and stuff uh so like pink floyd has kind of been like the soundtrack to my life for the last couple years and uh not definitely not in a bad way it's been amazing okay well i definitely want you to pick the next song as one of your main soundtrack songs okay um i mentioned before uh that we before we played time kind of about like how they were recording so um Nowadays, everyone. Uh, sorry, I just got to grab my coffee here. <laughs> now, uh, now, currently, most musicians record digitally. So that means you're recording with like a laptop, an interface. Um, it's a digital frequency. Um, so the the way, like I said earlier, like the way that people consume music um, back then was different, and same with the way that we recorded. So. You would either do like reel to reel back then, or you could do CD to CD if that was. Uh, I don't even think they had CDs in the seventies. Um, no. But later on, people so. later on, a lot of like hip hop DJs were recording CD to CD, and uh, you had to be like flawless because you were like were just recording audio over audio. So if you had to do everything in one take, essentially, Whoa. and that's the way that a lot of these bands recorded this stuff, right? Um, so if you listen to a lot of older rock and roll psych stuff you'll think oh that's kind of rougher and you'll, you'll hear them hit wrong notes that's because that song was done in one take right every musician would have been in the studio mic'd up uh, and then the, the producer says all right go and then they play the song and then when jerry fucks up the bass line then they're like god damn it jerry yeah and then you got to redo the whole thing and that's why uh it's such a, it was always such a big deal if you were wasting a take wasting a vinyl um pink floyd and led zeppelin um were Two of the first bands that I know of, and at least like Pink Floyd was very good at it, they were f- some of the first bands that started manipulating their tracks after recording. So they were they would add in layers. Like um, Pink Floyd only had four or five people in the band. I think four for the mo- majority of it, because um, they had a sax player, but he wasn't always there. Uh, so they had four people in the band. But if you listen to a Pink Floyd song, there's way more than four instruments oh, yeah. being played, right? Um, which was uncommon for those bands back then. Like. Um, using backtracks at your concerts and stuff to add more ambient sound. It was kind of unheard of. And when Pink Floyd did it, they just blew people's brains open. <laughs> cool. So, like, I guess cool. that's what I was like, that's what I was getting out earlier. It's it was kind of, kind like, of more or less before them. What you see is what you get. Kind of. Like what you heard is exactly what you would see on yeah. stage. And I think it just kind of frustrates me now when people think um, they're always comparing these older musicians to newer musicians. But it's like. You can't. You can't do that. You can't compla- compare Eric Clapton 
to um like a modern like me like i'm not anywhere near famous mm -hmm. but if i got to be a famous guitarist you can't compare me to eric clapton because we come from different worlds and like yeah. you can like technically yes oh like blank could play the same song as blank you can compare people that way but it's like like i said like the way that people make music now is so different and that's something that frustrates me is like when people listen to modern music and they think oh like um none of it's good or like i don't know you it's That's um, just a sweeping generalization it is and it's like or they'll only listen to classic rock and i'm like well then you're biased like how can i trust your music taste when you yeah. only listen to classic rock like mm -hmm. you know you like um and like the classic rock genre yes it's vast but it's also you know it's not being created any bigger anymore no not so really you're just kind of listening you're, to the same stuff you're limiting yourself by labeling it classic rock and that's great because it is a genre like you can definitely pinpoint certain songs to being classic but you're rock. you're a genre hater i am it bothers it's because it's so hard And you're doing a genre podcast i know <laughs> But uh, I guess maybe I'll get more educated from it, though, right? Maybe. Um, I mean, I feel like it's such a wide umbrella psychedelic music. Yeah. It doesn't have a genre. It's just a, a feel and a way of making music. That's a good music. way of describing it, yeah. So, I don't know. I You don't hate this podcast so far. Oh, God, no. I love it because yeah. I love the type of music we're playing. It's just uh, what, what kind of, like, frustrates me is that, like, people who, like, you have music knowledge. Like, talking to you and listening to music with you, I can tell that you know things about music. Hopefully when people talk to me, they think the same thing. Oh, they, uh, yeah. But, like, um, it'll be people who have no idea about anything. They've never even, like, hung out with a dude who has a guitar. Like, they're, they're so far disconnected. Mm -hmm. And they try to tell me or other people that, like, oh, you know what, that music's no good. I only listen to that. It's like, what do you know about yeah. anything? You um, ain't no shit. Something that stands out about Pink Floyd to me is kind of that um, they weren't like outcasts, I guess, like because they were very popular. But uh, you can kind of sense like a little bit of like teenage angst in their music, right? Well, I mean, this was their eighth album, so yeah. But <laughs> like, you can still kind of feel like there's a bit of anger and kind of like um, for longing, I guess. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And it's kind of interesting because even though like this is their eighth album, they've still kind of got that youthful kind of anger. Like uh, angst is a good word. Yeah, and when I uh, listen to some of Gil David Gilmore's solos, when he like really turns up the drive and like really gets funky, you can kind of hear like, oh, he's pissed off about something, and I want to hear about <laughs> what. Yeah. Like it's really really. Who hurt cool. you? Yeah. <laughs> Who hurt you? What song should we play next? I think I want it to be a soundtrack song. Okay. Oh yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. So. I guess this would be um, one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs. I guess they're all favorites, but this uh, song in particular is pretty incredible. They're all old friends of yours. This song is kind of an instrumental, I guess. Uh, there's some kind of droning singing and stuff in the background. Um, this is another song that's on a whole nother level if you listen to it. Uh, on the vinyl or as an album versus just a single mp3 track but you'll get a very good sense of what it is um it's called breathe and i think we both mm -hmm. uh really appreciate the song yeah we even heard just a little snippet of it in time yes yeah so let's very get the true. full version here we go Thank <laughs> you. 
by Pink Floyd and breathe it's in breathe out it was great yeah good tune um, Savannah asked me if uh, there was a soundtrack song from this album that I could think of what would my soundtrack song be and that was my choice so what is that soundtracking what are you doing while the song plays the oh. camera pans in for I'm legal spinning. reasons, I don't know if I can say. Uh, <laughs> but ba- it's uh, this is a song that I think of, especially when I... Um, a lot of musicians, there comes a point where it's like you realize it's like, okay, I, I, like, I think there's three stages that you can be as a musician. I think you can be famous and like everyone knows you. I think the stage below that is like, I'm making a living with my music and like I'm happy. And then there's a stage below that where it's like, dude, quit playing the guitar. Like, just mm-hmm. get a fucking <laughs> accounting job or something. Like, just stop. Um, you need to, uh, so every musician kind of like, you re- you reach a point where you're like, is this a reality or should I be <laughs> like starting to play basketball or something? Uh, and mine was the opposite. I used to play sports when I was little and I realized I wasn't so good. Uh, once I started playing guitar, I kind of found something that like I progressed at really fast at mm-hmm. and I got... It, it felt really good. I got better than my friends at it, like, way faster. There's um, almost a competitive nature to it, too. You're, you're like, you see him pull off a riff, you're like, fuck that, I can, ooh. Exactly, yeah. You're like, <laughs> I can do better. Exactly, exactly. So um, what uh, kind of, like, Pink Floyd and, and like, this kind of soundtrack, remi- or this song in particular reminds me of, it's kind of like when I was just, start, like, um, I moved away from home when I was seven or 18, I guess, 
to Winnipeg and I was like living on my own at, at university and it was the first time that I could just listen to music all night and drink all night and play guitar mm-hmm. all night with without your dad or someone yelling at you like turn it down like we're worried about you. Well, not even that. Like I, w- I know I annoyed my parents <laughs> a lot. Like I partied pretty hard, and I there'd be nights I wouldn't come home, and then there'd be nights where I, like I was just up in my room playing guitar, and I wasn't that good for a long time. Mm-hmm. So naturally, your parents are gonna be like, "Okay, dude, shut up." Yeah. But uh, I started to get pretty good, and it was kind of like when I started to get pretty good, I obviously started listening to more music. So this kind of reminds me of uh, there was a night I was walking around the University of Manitoba campus and I was just smoking (laughs) a cigarette, listening to music. And this came on on my iPod shuffle and it just made me stop. And I just sat down on a bench and just just sat there. And that's kind of what I remember. Just how I sat there and you breathed. Well, it just made me it just made me. Yeah, exactly. It just made me stop kind of in my tracks instantly. So it was like. Uh, kind of, kind of like a nostalgic song for me, I guess. Yeah. And it's just, you know, when you, you hear a song or you, uh, you smell something or you taste something and you just like, you get that flash of mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's what happens when I listen to this. You get the flashback of sitting on that bench. Yeah. Just sitting on the bench, smoking a cigarette. Wow. Yeah. And it's just like, breathe. breathe. It's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. I've played two songs now. Uh, so what kind of vibe are you getting from this album? I guess that's kind of a general question, but like, um, what are some of your favorite things about this album? Um, just the depth of the music, you know, there's just so many little things happening all the time and progressions and bringing back little bits of music from other songs that you're just kind of, I feel like when I'm listening to it, that I'm riding through space. That, that's a really like, good yeah, uh, song like I'm, for that I'm example I'm hearing too. things, but I'm also passing other things, and it's just like mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm on a ride, a musical. And ride. I think Pink Floyd, if they heard this podcast, they'd be like, "Boys, we did it." Like, <laughs> well, they already knew they did it. Yeah, like I think, um, I think what they were trying to do is exactly that: make you kind of just take you away. Um, it's an experience. It's something I don't get from a lot of modern music, and I will say that um, there are some modern guitarists and modern musicians that like that bring me to that point mm-hmm. of just like melting, stopping, and on a, whatever bench you see and having to sit down. Um, I do still hear songs from modern guys like that, but I think there's a few classic bands. Um, Aerosmith is one for me. Pink Floyd obviously is one. Led Zeppelin. There's a few bands that were just so good at just instantly taking you to another place. Mm-hmm. You would just forget whatever is going on and you're just there with the music. And I, I know that's like, those are my personal examples. Everyone ha- like Britney Spears might do that for some people. I don't know. I sure hope not. I sure <laughs> hope not, but it might. And Britney, if you're listening, you're great. Keep doing, keep doing you, I guess. Yeah. You're doing great. Girl. <laughs> you're recovering well. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Yeah, I know. Britney Spears, you threw me off. <laughs> Okay, what were you saying? Well, I was kind of, you were you were mentioning your favorite things about the po- about this album, yeah. and you I like how you said uh, the repetitive elements, uh, and you caught up on something that like not a lot of people catch, and it was cool. The uh, there's if you listen to uh, this album, there's a song called Money, and it's got like this slot machine. I think we should just play it next, almost. Yeah, that'll but, be like, the next one. This is a play, real sure. like this is one that you hear on the radio. Yeah, this is a very big Pink Floyd song, but doesn't take away its value. No. Um, I think I like the idea that from our first song we connected to it because it contained like what is it like a reprisal of breathe? Yeah. So there's like, a connection there. Now breathe also has the 
that like yep. the, cash like register the slot sound? machine thing. Yeah, that's my best register. impression. Yeah, um, yeah. And you you notice that right away that like oh that's the same sound. Mm-hmm. And they do that a lot on this album. They purposely will uh, reuse riffs and stuff, and they'll bring it back in a couple songs and they'll just fade it up, fade it down. It's uh it's really intelligently done, and it's like you notice the amount of planning that would have went into this, right? They they weren't just in the studio doing whatever they felt. Like, they, I think some elements definitely were. Yeah. But uh, you get a really good sense of how orchestrated rock and roll can be. Mm-hmm. Especially because they all appear like they're not all right side by side. Mm-hmm. It's like one's the second song on the album, then the fourth, and then like one's on the B side, but it's still they all connect. connecting it. And you can it. instantly tell like this came from... Like, they belong together, right? Mm-hmm. You get that sense of listening to these songs, and, like, that's a good point. No matter what order they're in, um, they work. And uh, that's really cool. That's really cool that a band could design that. Like, yeah. it's really hard to do with original music. It's really easy to... There's a formula. Like, that's why there's a lot of hit music. Like, th- I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not meaning to knock any musicians out there, but, like, there can't possibly this many famous musicians with talent. Like, it's not possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how many guys do you know that play guitar? Probably a few. How many guys do you know that are like noticeably good? Two? One or two. Exactly. <laughs> there's no way that there's this many famous people. I know that there's seven billion people in the world. What I'm getting at is that A lot of them are babies though. There's a formula that it's really easy to tap into. Uh, there's a creative form. It's really easy to make a pop song. Not necessarily a pop song. It's really easy to make like a just a, a, a popular rock, a catchy rock. You get song. one good riff. Yeah, four four chords, riffs, uh, upbeat, drumbeat, mm-hmm. uh, a good tempo, and some playful lyrics that are really easy to sing while you're wasted. Yeah. Like there is a formula, and uh, there was. I'd certain... like to see you try and create one if you know this formula so well. Well, you'll hear you'll hear some of my music later. Hopefully, it doesn't Ooh. sound like a cookie cutter formula, but. Um, that's something that Pink Floyd just did. They ne- every song, every album, even every concert that they did, what they opened it up and they weren't, they were not stagnant whatsoever. They loved to explore and they were totally open to just completely changing their, what they not what they are about, but I guess like kind of changing their view on the on their project because, again, artists get very selective and they're like, no, this is the type of music I make. Uh, and I think it's really cool when you see some of these older bands, Pink Floyd in particular, that just shattered their own barriers and just did whatever they felt. Yeah. And um, I just love the interconnectivity of this album, like all the sounds repeating. Uh, like I said, it's it's hard to get the full spectrum of it. And I know that... Uh, but we're hearing so much from behind the scenes. Yeah. Like Pink... I, uh, oh, there's so many good books. I can't recommend a specific book because there's so many good books on Pink Floyd, but there's some really, really um, accurate um, kind of biographies and tour stories of them. And um, Roger Waters and David Gilmour, the guitarist and the bassist, they're still very active doing tours and stuff. So it's not like... It's not like they're dead or anything or like gone in the water. But, but you, you will not get that wall building. You'll, you'll never get the full Pink Floyd experience. Oh, yeah. After oh, yeah. We were actually talking about that off air, that yeah. wall building thing. So after why don't you just tell? Yeah. After, after we'll this next them, song. Yeah. After the next song, I got a little story kind of about, um, not about this album, but about Pink Floyd still. Uh, and I'll tell you guys a little bit about how they did some of their concert setups uh, yes. during the wall tour. It's really, Very really cool. Very interesting stuff. So uh, we're going to go into this next song. Tell us about it, Sav. Um, money. money. That's all you need to know. Money. Huh. Pink Floyd on the Fuzz Factory, guys.
Another great by the great Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um, I was watching the video while I listened to that tune. And let me tell you, it, it had some overarching political Yeah, like view. you kind of get a sense of what I was talking about earlier. Um, they're kinda hypnotic. Yeah. Oh, very, very. And uh, they were really good at like you get glued to that seat when you're listening to their mm-hmm. music. Right? You can't it's, you can't clean the house and listen to Pink Floyd. You can't. Uh, maybe well, I guess may, I'm not you. So maybe you, you can. can, but. But it's not that fun. No. You know? <laughs> no, you need to give them the attention no. they deserve, damn it. Oh, God. Like, the amount of hours that I've invested, or maybe what's the opposite of, of an investment? I guess the amount of hours that I've wasted you listening to say. Pink Floyd. You, it's but never it's definitely, time wasted. I was going to say, it's not really a waste, but no. the amount of hours that my butt has been sitting, just coagulating, listening to, <laughs> <laughs> listening coagulating. to, <laughs> listening to uh, Pink Floyd or other cl- like classic music like this, it's... Uh, it's my favorite type of homework. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I could spend hours uh, studying this type of stuff. Um, before we jumped into that song, I told you guys uh, that I was going to talk a little bit about the um, Pink Floyd touring experience. Um, so obviously listening to Pink Floyd music, Sav, you kind of get the idea that like they were taking you on a trip somewhere, right? Yes. They were willing to go to places that musicians typically didn't go. And uh, they were a little weird. And I say that with love. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's you. you if you're weird, if you're messed up, you just embrace it. Let and your freak flag fly, legit, baby. Like and they, they were great at that. Um, I didn't. I've ne- I unfortunately I was um, still um, just a small Sprinkle in my daddy's eye. Uh, a sprinkle? And, uh, you mean a uh, twinkle? No, a sprinkle. Uh, a sprinkle in your yeah. daddy's eye. Uh, he, uh, so, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't born in the 80s, but I, I would have oh. went to this tour if I could have. Um, but the the Wall tour. This is a, The Wall is an album by Pink Floyd. Not the album we're talking about today, but a very iconic album. If you know anything yeah. about Pink Floyd, you've heard The Wall and you know what it is. Um, another concept album, and it was amazing. Um, one of the reasons that they wrote this album, or ma- uh, one song in particular that uh, Pink Floyd wrote about, is Roger Waters was frustrated with the band and with himself, and he felt uh, secluded, and he wanted to build a wall around himself, and that's why one of the reasons that that song was written. Um, now, not only did Pink Floyd write a song that's about it, that's pretty passive aggressive. It's cool. Oh, he's a bit of an asshole, yeah. but in a gr- in a great way. Rock stars are all assholes, kind Creative of. Creative geniuses tend to be assholes. Well, and the, the thing is, a lot of times they're very stubborn, right? So mm-hmm. you have two guys like David Gilmour and Roger Waters, obviously talented, obviously know a lot about music, obviously know exactly the type of music that they want to create. Mm-hmm. So I bet you, um, if you're in a band and you're vibing really well and you're creating songs together. Obviously, look at the music that you can come up with. 
but imagine that same passion when it's not when the ideas aren't lining up. Yeah. So imagine if you are really stubborn about something. Oh no, dude! I want the guitar to sound this way. We need we need we need a wah pedal. Like we need to have that. It'll add everything. And then the other guy's like, no, I think we should just do this. Like, both are good ideas. But I can definitely see how I I being in bands now. I understand why bands break up. I really do. I used to just think like, oh, it'd be so fun hanging out with dudes and drinking all the time playing guitar. Like, no, we get really pissed off at each other oh, really? sometimes. Yeah, because you're a family, and it's just mm-hmm. like. And you all have ideas and you're all trying to push this creative outlet, right? Like music is your outlet and you all have these ideas that you're trying to get out. But sometimes when too many cooks in the kitchen sort yeah. of situation, right? Um, Pink Floyd kind of had a bit of that in their band too. Uh, they 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 didn't really break up, but uh, they they went on a couple of hiatuses in the past. Um, and like you said, kind of passive aggressive of Roger Waters to kind of like say. feel like that. Um, but like, did they know that his album yeah, was kind of like a middle beca- finger to them? Well, it wasn't like even the whole album. It was like that was like his concept for the, for one song, like the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of led to like the whole like it led to a bigger concept, I think. But I think like that was one small glimpse of his frustration. But what I like about it is that they didn't hide that. Like bands could get pissed off at each other and then like go to the press and act cool like you know what i mean but was that common knowledge when this album came i don't out? i don't think so i don't know if they really advertised it pink then floyd has never been i think they're they really like their messages um they, there's def, there's definitely messages in their music but they, it's very up to you what it kind of can be right mm-hmm. it's still a very open kind of feeling and i feel like they did that on purpose like but if you know uh and it's way easier now that it's 40 years later, right? Because we yeah. have all this info that we can just instantly digest and look at it. So you're right. At the time, I don't think people would have necessarily clued into all this. But we're just fortunate now it to have like the internet, right? It was like a secret message. Yeah. But what I like about it is that they didn't hide it. Like, they could have... Like, yeah, I've written songs about people when I'm pissed off. I've written songs about people when I'm in love. I, I write... Like, everyone writes songs that are personal. Uh, most of those end up in a scribbler that we never share. Yep. Uh, he, that they didn't obviously hide that like he was pissed off um and i obviously am not roger waters i can't say exactly what he was pissed off at I, it was 30 years ago who knows what he was mad at um but it was so cool that they uh showed this so one way that they showed this um yeah. on on this music tour this is the thing we were teasing before we played the last yeah song. Um, so The Wall is an album by Pink Floyd. They were touring this album in the 80s. I think it was 80 to 81. Uh, that's the American tour. I'm sure they made a few small Canadian stops, probably Toronto. Uh, but it was a U.S. tour, so that's where I'm going to talk about. Um, now, if you don't know anything about U.S. in the 80s, they were just head over heels in rock and roll music. Uh, Led Zeppelin was just kind of fizzling out. Um, um, their drummer, um, hadn't died yet, but very close to dying, um, Unfortunately, kind of said yeah. I kind of said that upbeat. Yeah, you said that pretty nonchalant. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, but so the '80s, uh, music was still relevant. Music was still like um, Aerosmith was massive. You had just think of all the the big names. Well, um, this is a could be an episode just for later. But like, um, if you literally look at look at the bands that toured the U.S. in '75, and you'll crap your pants. And tickets were like fifteen dollars. Like mm-hmm. it's. Adjusted we, for inflation. We, li- we live in a completely different world, and yeah. it makes me sad sometimes. I uh, I really like certain things we got going on, but mm-hmm. like other things, just no. Yeah, I wouldn't like to go back in time, but... I'd like to for a day. Or yeah. like you a know what? Because I feel like part of it is um, Black Sabbath. When did they come? Like about a year ago? To, Win- to Winnipeg? Yeah. yeah. Um, And I didn't go, and you know what? I really like their music, but 
It's not the same thing. It's yeah. Not, it's not when it's when they're very old, like I don't want to sound ageist, but for me, when I go to no, a show, I want the energy and like I don't know. I feel like at that point, they're so far removed from who they were when that album was created Something that I appreciate it's like is yeah, that they, it's like a time out. capsule. Yeah, I love the fact that they're still out because I wouldn't. And um, it's really cool for people like me who are like, oh, I want to go see them, but like I agree, there are certain bands that come to town, and I'm like, no, I'm good. Like yeah. the Who were here a while ago, and I was like, I'm okay. Like, they're just not the same band, mm-hmm. and that's not demoting them as musicians. It's just like, you're not, you're not the same person. Like, that's like saying uh, like Wayne Gretzky is still the same hockey player that he was. It's like, no, you were an amazing hockey player, but like, are you one right now? No, like you're old yeah, and your it, knees are broken. Well, for me, it's not really about like their bodies decaying. <laughs> no, no, but like it's you know what I mean. It's more or less just it's, like the energy. Well, that's the thing though, because that's if you compare like an athlete to a musician, like athletes use their body, musicians use like their the kind of creativeness and their body but like you just you're old you're not the mm-hmm. same human being that you were 20 years ago and i appreciate that they still tour but i also like you don't have to go to the concerts no. right and that's why i was on the same wavelength i didn't go um so back to this tour about uh like the wall tour in the 80s yeah um i mentioned about roger waters is kind of uh he he wrote that song well part of the reason he wrote that song is because he's frustrated um, and I also talked about how, like, I like the fact that they didn't hide it. Well, one way that they blatantly didn't hide this, but it was just super cool because they didn't explain any of it to their fans. So people were losing their minds at the show, wondering what's going on. Um, they start playing. They're playing a few songs. And um, now I cannot say for sure if this happened at every show, but I know for sure it happened at at least a couple because uh, I've just I've just read about it. You'll mm-hmm. find the info online. I'm if sorry. I had to guess without having any knowledge about it, I'd say that they only did it a few times. They seem like the kind of band that wouldn't that's make thing, that right? part of the show. It's more like a spontaneous. Well, it would get boring if every city yeah. you did the same thing. So that's people what I thought was so it. cool. So I've heard the stories of people who got to see this. So now the band is playing. Um, they're just like, I don't know the order of the songs. I imagine they're play- probably playing most of the album from to back um but it's pink floyd so they would have been improvising having a great time so they're playing they're playing band is just doing their thing they're rocking out literally just nothing is going on but they're playing and as they're playing without the band stopping without any recognition just um i'm not trying to sound offensive but they were midgets um little little people. people little people they were walking out and uh, they they purposely hired little people like they like there's a reason why they didn't ask kids. There's a reason why they didn't ask mm-hmm. adults. I don't know what the reason is, but for sure. I don't know. There's a reason why they got this group of people. They started walking out with individual white blocks. Now, just picture like a white cardboard box, like just Brick pure white or a box, uh, just a box. But like the, oh. so picture about like maybe a foot by foot square. Mm-hmm. So they, these little people would just one by one walk out onto the stage like while Pink Floyd is playing in front of thousands and thousands of people one at a time and they start placing these blocks placing I wonder if these blocks there's a video anywhere place I've I've tried to look and I haven't found one but back then I no one had cell phones yeah. right so and I don't know I I haven't I haven't found the video yet but I I believe from the story I have a pretty strong image found, in my yeah. head anyways so they started walking out one by one with these blocks and keep in mind the band is playing the whole time not acknowledging this um and you also got to keep in mind, kind of remember what I said about Roger Waters' feelings going into this album. So while they're playing all these songs, they're building a wall, literally building a wall on the stage. Mm-hmm. Like just that in itself, it just blows my mind. 
and they didn't explain any of this to their fans. So while they're playing, people are wondering what the hell is going on. Like who's who? What? Why? Why is there a little person with a white block on the stage building a wall? Like so many unanswered questions. No one understood what but was going on. But not a straight wall. They were encasing somebody. Yeah, like they were kind of building it around Roger Waters. Um, so and all this led up to they finished kind of building this wall when they started playing the song The Wall. Like, was he completely behind it? Like I'm not sure on that, but I think that ba- he couldn't be seen by the crowd. I, Okay. Yeah, because like, the way that Pink Floyd stood, like the drummers at the back of the stage, um, mm-hmm. Roger Waters would have been near the front, uh, near front center. Gave, David Gilmore would have been near front center. Um, and then their basses would have been somewhere in the back, and then they also had an organ player. And Where then, the basses belongs. <laughs> yeah, stay at the back. <laughs> I'm just dude. kidding. I love the bass. Hey, we, very necessary. Yeah, but they do get walked on. But I feel like basses are just like they like They're being easy chill. Going, yeah, yeah. They, I, because I, I don't, I play a little bit of bass. Wouldn't call myself a bassist, but I've met a few, and they're all very relaxed. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like, I'm just here to play the bass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a good attitude. Um, Roger Waters didn't have that attitude. Uh, he was an amazing bass player. Uh, but we mentioned earlier, he he's stubborn. He has a, an attitude, which uh, so he's not unique in that way. So many, so many creative people are like that. I'm like that. Um, a lot of people are. Um, but something that I just is so fascinating about Pink Floyd is the way that they, they turned that concert into not just a concert, like that imagine being like 16 or something and you are going to this concert you're sneaking beers like you're you're smoking crappy weed that some Mex- like some dude just gave you like you know what i mean just imagine being a teenager in the 70s and going to see pink floyd wearing bell bottoms like because it wasn't like a straight edge concert like mm-hmm. it, like come on like just imagine that and for $15 you go and imagine not even being there but imagine the stories that you tell people like hey what'd you do last night I went to Pink Floyd and and then you have all these stories I get excited telling you like about stuff that happened 30 years ago imagine if I was there myself the excitement that I would never hear the end of it no exactly and that's what I really love that they did they they melted people's brains and not just psychedelically like just not every That's, show you go to is memorable, but they made sure it was. I think so. I really think so. And I, uh, I'm i sad that I've never gotten to see like any of the Pink Floyd members live. Definitely on the bucket list. Um, but that was just kind of a cool tour story. I know it's yeah. not the same album as that we're talking about today, but same band and very relevant to show. Like These guys were out there and obviously like a great topic for a podcast today. They weren't afraid to be weird. No, and I think that's a good message. Maybe that can yeah. be our tagline today. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah. You know, Ex- embrace the weirdness. Let it flap. I've noticed a lot, actually, the last couple of years. The more open I've been with myself and more been like, not an asshole, but just... You attract the energy that you put out. So when you're putting out those yeah. weird vibes, it's just being received positively and by like other people. N- not like being afraid to tell people what you want in yeah. a respectful way. Like, you can't be like... You gotta be polite. You can't be like, I only do this because then you're just a whiny kind of weirdo. Yeah. But if, you, if you're if you welcome to other ideas, but you're very clear, like, I would like to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've noticed it a lot. The more you just embrace your weirdness, like, it gets better. The happier you, you know? are. Exactly. So. Yeah, you feel like you're your true self. The fuzz factory spitting some inspiration on knowledge yeah. on <laughs> believe in yourself hashtag beyond knowledge <laughs> <laughs> let's play another song <laughs> what do you think about playing an instrumental i would love that i think this will be the last song of the episode yeah i, I think so too like okay what well, time are we at here um let me just check but we definitely got enough yeah yeah this will be okay. the last one last one okay let's make it a good one how about any color you like 
Okay, let's do a little bit of shout-outs. Let's do our taglines. Where can people find you online? Where can they find the podcast? Well, obviously, you can find The Fuzz Factory at thefuzzfactoryblog.wordpress.com. We post our new episodes every Saturday at noon. Yes, also available on iTunes. Yeah, this is episode three. So if you're just tuning in this time, you're like, whoa, this was amazing. I I need some more of this right now. Whoa. You You got two more hours right on the blog. Go check us out. Or you can find us on iTunes, just like Spenny said. The Fuzz Factory. Type it in. We're right there. You'll see an image, some cool sunglasses. Yep. I know you have an iPhone, and I know yep. you have a pocket, and I know you got Listen headphones. Listen to us on the go. You've got no excuses. No excuses. Uh, like and sh- If you are listening, like, share, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. Yeah, uh, give we, us we feedback, We like to track too. our info. Yep. If you have any suggestions for the show, let us know. Yeah, you can drop us a line on our WordPress. Again, the fuzzfactoryblog.wordpress.com. We have a contact page, and just let us know if there's any album you want to check us out, like you want us yep. to check out. Or if you have anything, like if you hate us, if you love us, let us know. Yep. Twitter, you're at Sav R. Kelly, I nope, think. No, right? Savannah R. Kelly, S A V A N N A H R. Kelly. Again, I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> She's got it. So yeah. uh, reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at SpennyMy9. Uh, same name for Instagram. Uh, you can check out my music. We'll be on Facebook. Check out Spencer Myers' music. Uh, and also, just, yeah, Google. Maybe you'll come up with some funny images of me. Maybe it'll be a pro wrestler. You ever mm-hmm. Google yourself? Um, on occasion. Yeah, there. That sounds dirty. Um, yeah. there. There's a professional wrestler in the states that has my name, and I kind of feel like tough when I like. But I was like, yeah. oh, you know, there's name. actually a lot of Savannah Kellys. Um, because Savannah, when I was born and growing up, I never met anyone with my name. Yeah. Really, but um, now that I've gotten older, I hear that name in the supermarket and places all the time where kids Little have ki- my oh, name. Okay. Yeah. Well, so names, it's really, names it's really going trends, up. right? So. Yeah, and Kelly is just you know. That's funny. It's like just the most basic last name besides Smith, pretty much. So there's a lot of us out there. John Doe. We should unite. <laughs> we should. We yeah, already are. This, We're creating this beautiful, beautiful, blessed yeah. podcast. Well, I meant me and the other Savannah oh, Kellys of the world. Well, okay. Yeah. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. yeah. That would but be yeah, a, we are uniting under good music right you now. You guys can make a transformer of Savannah's. Yeah, but I want to be the head. <laughs> I need to be I, I need to be. I need to be the brains of this operation. Yeah. Okay, well, you've got all the info that you guys need to find us online. Um, more than enough content right now. Yeah, we've got three yeah. hours for you if you're interested. So Thank check it out. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Yeah, it's been a great episode. Hopefully uh, you learned something. Yeah, hopefully my my squeaky ramblings shed a little bit of knowledge on you. Uh, thank you, Seth, for letting me rant about Pink Floyd because that was Anytime. awesome. Anytime. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands, and I'm glad I got to 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 share with you. So, <laughs> we got that one voice. Yeah, I know. We got one more song, yeah. and then that'll be the end of the episode. So thanks again, and yeah. check us out. Have a great weekend, guys. Uh, you've been listening to The Fuzz Factory. And until next time, here's Any Color You Like by Pink Floyd, The Dark Side of the Moon. See ya!